the voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. The number is 204-780-6868. Your text and calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Bombers on to the bye week. Unfortunately, it was uh, once again predicated by the loss to the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Hamilton. That for the second straight year. Send me all your questions. You can also reach out to me on Twitter, as many of you already had, at 204-780-6868. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, Mike, thanks for being with us on a Monday. Uh, now that you've had time to digest it, what do, you, what do you make of the game in Hamilton on Saturday? Well, once again, just wasn't good enough. Um, certainly, we've got to find some consistency, I think, uh, moving forward. Uh, we, we, our team is good enough. Um, and then, you know, you, you have a game like this, especially leading into a bye, it's, t- it's tough. It, uh, it doesn't make for, uh, uh, you know, an easy week to try and give your mind a rest, right? Your just mind just keeps going, but... I think in all three phases, you know, we just uh, weren't able to get it done. Um, you know, we fall six points short. Special teams, we we obviously could could make up those six points. Defensively, we need to get off the field. And offensively, we end up turning the ball over a little bit. Um, still, offensively, we had some great shots downfield. Uh, you know, we made some plays. Probably just needed to have the ball a little more, you know, if we could have turned the ball back to the offense a little more, um, probably could, could have broke through there. Is there anything to how the team is playing into a bye week? You guys lose this week. Uh, the earlier bye, you beat Edmonton going into it, but then every bye last season, uh, the Bombers lost going into that bye week. Is there anything to that? Do you believe? I don't, I don't, I really don't. There's nothing in our practice week that says the guys are taking it easy or their minds are somewhere else. Uh, there's nothing in the warm up that says that, um, you know, I, I don't think we played with enough, enough juice, enough physicality in the first half. Um, and I thought it picked up in the second, but, uh, you know, we, we just didn't overcome that little bit of a deficit. Um, but no, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into, um, outcomes from previous years we, we we look at you know we look at all this stuff all the time right mm. so I don't, I don't think there's anything palpable anything visible uh throughout the week that any of our coaches are seeing um that says hey this is this this is a possibility here is, is there ever, I don't know if upon reflection or leading, like in the day leading up to the game, are if you're able to to explain or expect why why the team wouldn't be physical enough or be out physical, like it was what you used in the post-game show. Is there ever any any reason why you see why that is? It was, it was I, I thought. No, I, I, obviously, if I would have, if, if you see that stuff, if any of our coaches see that stuff, it, it gets talked about, right? And yeah. Remedied. Um, no, I thought, you know, I just thought a little defensively, we were a little tentative. You know, we were, um, I'm not saying content, but we were playing, um, you know, it's okay if they catch the ball in front of us, you know, and we'll come up and make the tackle rather than, 
you know, hammering up there and challenging for the football and, and, you know, taking a couple of those chances, but okay, um, it just seemed, it seemed a little tentative that way. Once again, I, you know, if we get off the field a little sooner, a few times, I think the game's a different, different ending. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, welcome in some callers, and we've got your texts as well. Again, 204-780-6868, your questions for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Harry joins us on line number one. Harry, thank you for being with us. Uh, you're with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, uh, good evening, guys. Well, Coach, I was the first caller last week, and I ended my conversation with you by saying, keep your guard up. And uh, I uh, see that you guys did not. So yeah. I was very disappointed with the result uh, that Hamilton did out physical us. But my question for you is, and I've uh, sort of seen a, a disturbing trend, and this started from, uh, I would say, about the middle of last year. And uh, Zach Kolaris has been throwing far too many interceptions in the last while. Now, <clears throat> like I say, last year, about the middle of last year, he started throwing a few picks at each game. And uh, this year he's already picked, uh, you know, a couple of games now. He's thrown three interceptions. So I, to me, that's a bit, a bit of a disturbing trend. What do you think? I'm not disturbed by it. Obviously, <laughs> he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, he's been a terrific leader for us. He's won so many games and a couple championships. <laughs> you know, to his credit, um, with a great team around him too. Um, I'm sure he'd like to have a throwback, but a couple of those were tip balls too, right? So, um, and then scrambling if you, you know, some of them are under duress. But uh, no, I'm I'm not concerned. The competitor in Zach says that he he's going to be way harder on himself than anybody else could ever be. Well, um, I understand Zach has done uh, what he's done for us, and I I don't take that away from Zach bringing a couple championships to us but i'm just uh to me it's a disturbing trend when i see uh, that uh, you know he has his great game he had his great game against saskatchewan of course and and this game here uh he was off and uh it's uh something i don't like so just uh that's what i expressed thanks uh, I, I can promise you this harry he doesn't like it either yeah. <laughs> so you guys are you guys are like-minded in that regard that I, I a little better yeah, I understand that. And I hope Zach comes back with the uh, next two games against Toronto and BC with a vengeance. Yeah, don't don't ever doubt it. Harry, thank you so much for your call. Appreciate you being with us at 204-780-6868. Uh, Coach, I'm hoping to ask you about one of those interceptions that Zach threw because as I try to process what a football player is going through, uh, the interception that Malik Carney made, uh, for folks who, who may not remember, he was lined up at left defensive end, he, he, I guess, replaces a linebacker in drops in zone coverage and runs all the way over to the right side of the field to make a pick. And I, I guess I'm just wowed that that is a play that a, that a, that a football player can make. Is that a special play? Is that an ordinary play? I don't know how to describe it just because I, I don't know football like football players do. Yeah, I think that's something that would be hard to see. You know, I'm sure Zach understood uh the play and where he needed to go. And then somebody shows up in the, in the picture that's not supposed to be there. It's, it's, it's gotta be challenging. <laughs> right. I mean, that was a, that was a, like you described it. It's a pretty good play. Yeah. I was, I was just blown away about, I mean, what teams and I mean, 
Jackson Jeffcoat does does drops like that. He had a pick in the in a BC game last year where you go, man, defensive ends, the right defensive end in this league can do so many different things beyond just rushing the passer. Well, if you you know if the quarterback starts on the other side of the field, they're not going to as they come back to a to an outlet of second or a third choice, a second or a third read, they're not expecting somebody like that to be there. Yeah, and I. I don't know. I don't know half of what's going through Zach's head during the game because I couldn't possibly. I don't have near the foundation. I just, I, I felt sympathy for him and all the other quarterbacks on that one because I just, I don't even know what you do uh, with that. Two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight. Bob and Peter and Barry will come to you on the other side of the break if you will stick with us on the coaches show on six eighty CJOB. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB. Coach Show is brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls. For the head coach, Mike O'Shea, or in this case, even for me, this one from Ken says, Hey, DT, do you think it's a done deal when the Argos come to town? We'll see limited action from their starters, given the fact they've already won the East. Can I be surprised if they do it this soon? But it certainly does give them a ton of opportunities, and I would certainly, fingers crossed, hope there is a ton of Andrew Harris, uh, more carries than he would normally get in a game uh, when they come to town. But I think with six games left, the rest would be pretty tough on them. Uh, Jason is on the text line. He's got a couple questions for the coach. Uh, Mike, Jason asks, why didn't you call a timeout at the end of the first half when Hamilton was punting with 48 seconds left? Jason adds, it seems like an obvious move. I'd already used my challenge, so I lost a timeout when I lost that challenge. You're carrying one. So if I use it there, i got nothing left in the second half. Yeah. That if, seems pretty obvious to me. If you hadn't used the challenge, is that a, if you hadn't, lost, hadn't used a Possibly. timeout already, is that a, a spot where you'd think about it for sure? Possibly, yep. Okay. And then uh, uh, Jason asks, how about giving Johnny Augustine a shot at returns? He is a, he's, Jason points out that Johnny is elusive. Yeah, you know what? As a kick returner, we would have no problem with that. Uh, but we use him as a off returner slash lead blocker in that situation. So if they kick the ball cross field, there's a chance Johnny's going to get it. He got one uh, this past week, right when they kicked the ball short cross field. So he mm-hmm. he ended up picking up the kickoff return. Um, punt returning is a different animal, right? So you it's uh, the way the ball flies is obviously extremely different between a punt and a kickoff. Um, I'm not saying Johnny can't do it. It's just uh, we've got other guys that can for sure. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in. Bob is with us on line number two. Bob, thanks for sticking with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Okay. Well, uh, to your last comment, coach, for sure, I hope you have opened your eyes and seen that Parker is not the guy. He was terrible. His average returns were absolutely terrible. Put McCray back in there, or put the guy who you put onto uh, the um, uh, the reserve or whatever to put Parker in there. I called you about Parker after his first game. You said, and almost quoting you, "Well, he's young guy. He's learning. He's going backwards, not forwards." He, he was. He was very good the, the following game. But he was terrible this game and just can't do it. I would not it. say that. I would not say terrible. Well, 5.6, 5.7, 5.8, 5.9, 5.10, 5.11, 5.12, 5.13, 5.14, 5.15, 5.16, 5.17, 5.18, 5.19, 5.20, 5.
on punt returns. I believe that's what was in the paper. You know, I'm sure you've got people who can do it better than that. And also, very disappointed in Castillo. He partly lost us the game because the uh, missed convert that ran back for two and then the uh, missed field goal that was another point. Three points off of them, three points onto us, we've got a tie game. And I'm afraid that now you've got no choice but to win out all four games because looking at BC, they've got a real easy schedule compared to the Bombers because you've got, of course, Toronto and Harris is out to prove uh, a point, as was our ex-punter and uh, place kicker who showed us who was better. And then... Oh, uh, Bob. Yeah, that's a a stretch. Well, I'll tell you... I said to a previous caller, no one's more disappointed than our guys. Sergio Castillo is obviously very disappointed. He'd like to perform better for his teammates. Uh, more so than perform for himself, he'd like to you know perform better for his teammates, and I think that's a real stretch to say that. Well, uh, I, I Mark Leggio, I think on Coach the day should... possibly, but I think the stats show that it's that's not the case. So. Yeah, but I think I think Coach, the thing is, is that two out of three games, and in those two games that we lost, they brought their D game. They've got to bring their A plus games for the next four to be able to be. Uh, secure first place. Otherwise, that, that's that's not that's not in question. Yeah, I mean they all understand that. That yeah, well, everybody on the team understands. If you no matter no matter your record or anything about what people talk about of your team, your roster on paper and like that, if you don't show up and play, yeah. there's a good chance you're going to lose. That's, right. That's pro sport yeah. in general. If you don't right. show up on the day and play your best, there's a good chance you're going to lose. And so, you know, we've we've seen that a couple times this year. And, and I know I know that you like to do hold things close to your vest. Any possibility at all that we just might see Janarian Grant for the next four games, or is he hurt that badly that we can't see him? All right, Bob. We'll let the coach answer. I appreciate you being with Thank us. You. We got a bunch of callers lined oh, up, yes. but Thank Bob, you very much. Very much appreciate you being with us Thanks. at two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight. Coach Janarian Grant, possibly. I, I, I'm not going to say when, but you'll see him again this before the end of the season for sure. I like that a lot. All right, let's welcome in Barry. Is with us on line number four. Barry, thank you for your call. You're with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just want to say. Um, Every loss is disappointing. I'm glad we have such passionate fans in Winnipeg, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what team, what sport. Uh, I mean, every team can lose. just shows uh, Zach and uh, Sergio and the whole gang. They're all just human. Uh, you guys have gone on such a run for the last few years. It's, uh, it's hard to believe some of the losses we've had. But like I said, we're you, you guys are just human. We do appreciate what you do out there. Um I'd just like to mention that it's great to see some of the uh, new upcoming uh, quarterbacks in the league. I mean, there's uh, teams that have been out to, to kill quarterbacks, and uh, we won't say what color they were. But uh, I'd just like to hear the coach's opinion on some of the new young quarterbacks. Yeah, listen, I appreciate your, your comment earlier. I mean, there there is the human element to... to <laughs> you know, every sporting contest. And I think that's what makes it so fascinating. 
And um, I think that's what makes it so interesting for fans to watch because you you never really are guaranteed of an outcome, right? Which is exactly you got to go play the game no matter what. You have that's why we play the game because the outcome is not guaranteed, um, despite what your roster may look like or the guys you have with you. But so I do appreciate that comment. Um, with regards to the quarterbacks uh, in the league, the the young ones, it is pretty impressive for a few of them. Um, you know, be thrust in that position where they're, you know, maybe coming out of camp as the third and now they're the second. Now they're the first, right. And they uh, take a couple games and, you know, I think Powell is a good example. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's played pretty clean football and delivered uh, on a game plan, um, you know, that was sort of tailor-made to, to keep games tight and he's done very well with it. And, you know, yeah, it was, the league uh, needs them. <laughs> yeah. Th- and that's the bottom line. And I, you know, with these young guys, the, the league needs that. Absolutely. So, you know, park yeah, my Bombers hat for a second and put on my CFL fan hat. And exactly. I, I we need parity is, in the league or there is no league. Right. You need, and you need these guys to come up and develop whether they're number one the next year, who knows, but now they've got a lot of experience as a two if they're not the number one. And um, and it just allows teams to stay in games when a guy goes down. And as yeah, we've we seen do. over the last bunch of years, guys end up going down. No doubt. We need depth at every uh, position. Yeah. Thanks for that. Right. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate you being with us at 204-780-6868. We will take a break for the news. Uh, Stick with us. Uh, David and Dorian and Gary and Steve, we're coming to you on the other side. It's the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 is your direct line to the coach. You want to call, you want to text, you want to tweet me at DT on OB. We would love to have you uh, join us. Uh, coach O'Shea, uh, random stat I'll throw at you before we get back to the phone lines. Did you know that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been involved in the last four consecutive defensive two-point converts? Four in a row. No, I did not. There was there was this week's Tyreek McAllister, Terry Williams in the playoff last year. Janarian Grant had the one before that, and then Chandler Fenner had a, had a return for a two point convert. So yes, he did. Yes, he did. Do you do you? I have zero memory of that one. Does it stick out for you? Well, I I do remember uh, that he got one. Okay. I kind of want to think it was off a block though. It was. Oh. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just a. Well, that's good. There have been this last one wasn't good. Well, it must have been not as not as good uh, since twenty the twenty fifteen season. There have been seven in the Canadian Football League, and just oddly enough, the Bombers have been involved in the last four of them. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Bat Big C says, uh, "I'll preface this by saying I realize the Bombers are ten and four, but what does it say about the defense?" He asks, "When three of the four losses are against." quarterbacks like Dustin Crum, Jake Dolagala, and Taylor Powell. I presume he means young, relatively new guys like those three. I don't think you can read much into it. You know, I thought I thought uh, Powell did a, a nice job, obviously, protecting the football. He had that one uh, giveaway. They were down deep in scoring position. He, he threw the ball. It was probably a throw he'd like to have back. But other than that, 
he was pretty clean. You know, it's um, you'd like to force them to make more mistakes, but where they're throwing the ball, it just there wasn't really an, a, a real lot of opportunities to to force the issue for him. You know, so. Yeah, the the one interception by Evan Holm in the end zone, beautifully done by him to help keep the game going. Uh, ultimately, it was I was I came away super impressed uh, with Taylor Powell in this one. Let's welcome in Dorian on line three. Dorian, appreciate you sticking with us. You're on the head coach. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey guys, uh, pleasure to talk to you. Um, just a couple comments to beat the team. To be the team, you got to beat the team, and you guys are the team. Uh, especially for the last five seasons. I really think that there's a lot of other teams that it's really special when we're coming into their barn. It's special for their fans. They know we're the top team. They're probably combing through film on us, looking for anything that they can get on us. And I really do feel like our play lately is is helping other players and other teams sharpen their pencils when we're coming to town, which is just better for the league and better for everybody that watches the game and uh, it's not that long ago that, uh, you know, these comments would be completely 180, and uh, I don't forget what it was like. And I'll take a couple missed uh, field goals and a couple of pick sixes any day in September over October. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it's not easy to, uh, obviously, we don't spend a lot of time talking like that, but, you know, in this forum, I'll agree with you. Better now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Better now. And and I do think our guys are, you know, they are a hardened group. Uh, we do get everybody's best. Um, and we just got to do a better job of being more consistent like we have at other times. But um, I'll take these learning experiences right now for sure. All right. Let's welcome in Gary is with us on line number two. Gary, thank you so much for hanging around. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, you got a good time for a break, coach. 28 degrees tomorrow. Hope you're somewhere where you can go fishing or something. Relax. I've got a question about the missed single convert. It puzzles me when, you know, on the miss, I have no problem with the miss because that's sports. But why does the kicking team run full bore down the field when the return means nothing other than you don't want them to go all the way? Wouldn't it be better maybe to send one guy down and hold off because if he comes to you, you can swarm him and make sure he's tackled. I, I, I just don't understand that situation. Yeah, we, we do have a set coverage system um, that we run, that we practice, uh, you know, every single week that what you have a hard time practicing is the other team's return system who they block, who they double team, you know, you're not going to spend a lot of time uh, double teaming um, big old linemen if they're not able to move downfield and make a play, right? So you're generally, in that play, you're outnumbered. There's usually uh, two, at least two, possibly three double teams against your guys that are, are really the cover guys that are on that unit. So it is a real advantage for the return team if you miss. Um, and, and we plan as such in, on both sides of it, right? If, we, uh, if we've got our field goal return team out there, you're planning on a miss, and, and you believe wholeheartedly that, uh, that you've got an advantage out there. Yeah. 
I, I just think, you know, uh, we've given up, I believe, two so far this year. It, so it's of some concern, you know, when we get to the playoffs, something could, that something like that could be the difference between winning and losing a big game. Enjoy well, your yeah, that, You know, that was a three-point swing right there. That's, that's, yeah, that's I hope momentum also, right? I hope you a honeydew list. <laughs> Pardon me? What? I says, I hope you don't, your honeydew list from your wife isn't very long so you can enjoy some of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, she's fantastic. I got a, I got a wonderful wife that enjoy uh, the week that allows me to do this. I, I'm looking forward to a beatdown of Toronto. Let's do it. Hallelujah. Praise, I love that idea, Gary. Thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate okay, you joining us. At 204-780-6868. Coach, while we're talking about the kicking game, uh, we we talked about it a bit in the post-game show, but for folks who weren't with us, uh, you ended up kicking off in both halves of the game. You had the decision in the third quarter. What led to you choosing uh, an end for the fourth quarter instead of the ball, say, in the third quarter? Yeah, we won the toss. We deferred to the second because of the wind. They took the ball. We decided to kick into the wind to start the game. Uh, so that we would have the wind in the longer quarter, the second quarter, with the last three minutes being um, uh, a stop time sort of situation, right? You can yeah. run more plays in the last three minutes of the halves. Uh, and then we come out, the, the forecast says the wind's going to pick up a little more um, as the game goes on. And it was, I mean, Tim Hortons Field is always a little windy. Uh, you know, it was blowing straight down the pipe and we thought it would be an advantage if you got a, you know, if it's a tight game, I think we went in the half down by six and ended up losing down, losing by six. And we thought, okay, if it comes down to some field goals, you'd like to win behind your field position, you punt them into a bad spot, come up with a stop. And now you're sort of in field goal range when you, you know, get the return possibly. Um, and then the wind sort of died a little bit, but you know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't going to be the issue. I don't know. I, I say I don't have the stats in front of me, Derek. Did we end up one possession behind? Oh, I'd have to pull that up. I'll, I could pull it yeah, up during the break. So I, yeah, I, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in those possessions because we got another possession right at the end of the half, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we drove down and didn't end up getting the field goal and you end up getting the points. But um, I just firmly believe that it's with our team, if, you can control uh, if the if the wind dictates, you know, and you can control field position for the fourth quarter or the second and the fourth quarter. Those are longer quarters, right? You're going to get more opportunities. Yeah, there for folks who who uh, as coach says the, the second and fourth are longer. They're essentially 18 minute quarters if you think about it. The number of plays that get run in those final three minutes are a little more than double in a regular minute of play. And I say that as I try to pull up the drive charts from the game, but I am going to have to do that during the. Oh, here we go. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve uh, versus two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. 13, yeah, oh yeah, 13 to 12, that yeah. Ticats had one more drive. Yeah, you end up with one more drive, but yeah. it's what you do with it, right? I mean, it's not like they're getting three more drives. 
Yeah, the the one the one question we kind of had was, oh, does the does the momentum of if they give up a score? Speaking of the Bombers, if you give up a score to start that third quarter, well, now you're in a two score hole versus the potential you could have been tied and the the feel that it could have been a, a a totally different feel to the game. Take giving the ball versus taking the ball. Yeah, of course you take that chance. I mean, the the bottom line is when you decide to kick off in the second half, you you know you do have to stop them. Right, you got to come out and stop them. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, that's. But you, you're going to have to anyway. When, you, when you're behind in any game, at some point you're going to have to generate a takeaway or a quick stop, right? To get them off the field a few times, get your offense more possessions. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the, I, you, so. you got those stops down the stretch and got the score, and then uh, just the final drive just did not quite go. Rashid had a, had a tough ball on second down, and, and things yeah. didn't quite go your way on that final drive. Yeah, the sack, and then the. Yeah. the you know, we're right there, right? We're getting, we get get, you know, we have a chance at the ball. Basically, we would have been about a yard and a half, two yards shy, I think, if we if we make that. So then you're trotting the coat out, and you're going, mm-hmm. and then you got a real chance, right? And that it, it didn't work out. You're behind the sticks after first down, and it's uh, it's a tough one. You, even, even if with a little more time on the clock, even though you got no timeouts left, you might think about punting there. So if there was two minutes left. You might think about punting it and then seeing what happens next. Yeah, but that's that timing is is real iffy when you when you don't have a timeout. It's geez, they get one first down, it's over. Yeah, it's 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 hard. The the comebacks are, are difficult, but you guys almost almost got there. Seven forty five. We'll go back to break. Uh, Gregory and Rick, you're next up on the other side. If you'll stick with us for the coaches show on six eighty CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. A quick text in from Gary who says, uh, Coach, I want to know about having more defensive ends on the active roster. He says, it appears they're more tired at the end of the game. Speaking of Willie and Jeff Coat, this year than last year and in this last game Willie had no stats why not have more defensive ends on the active roster yep that's uh one of the things we're obviously battling with Jackson you know was not available to us for this game Haba comes back on obviously you know it's really hard to be in game shape uh you know he's declared fit it's just it's really hard to mimic (laughs) you know a game you can do all the running you want. It's really hard to get guys leaning on you. Uh, it's hard to pick yourself up off the ground every single play and, and feel that you're you're ready. They can't just do that in, in practice. Um, you know, right now, you know, we've been liking Damian Jackson as a guy who can play all three phases for us, right? So um, we've got we've got guys that are on the sixth game that'll be coming back and and. Uh, this is the way we've we've had our roster, and I think this game it, it just showed with Jackson being out that yeah, you got to rethink it sometimes. But Damian Jackson's done done well for us. I think the game before he stepped in a defensive end and drew a holding penalty, should have had a sack, but the the the, the tackle or, or the D lineman or the offensive lineman had to hold him uh, to stop him from getting a sack. So um, you know we we'll keep rolling him around and seeing uh, what our best roster looks like next week. 
what I heard in there is that, uh, and what I infer from there is, uh, I'm I'm waiting as a fan. I'm waiting for Tiadric Hansen to be back. Uh, Tiadric coming off six game eventually here, coach, maybe, huh? He's been working really hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how everything goes. I you know? yeah yeah. It's, I, it's I, hard to predict how things go. I mean, we didn't we didn't predict we didn't expect to to lose lose Jackson Jeffcoat on uh, on a day three either. So. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, go to the phone lines and get into Gregory. Gregory, appreciate you hanging around with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay, just making sure. Testing, one, two, three. <laughs> Love it. I know. Uh, oh, I know that you're you're a special teams guru and stuff. Um, I saw a wicked of a special teams play last Saturday last Sunday night in Foxborough, Massachusetts, between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots, involving a crazy setup of a, of a block field goal maneuver. Did you see it? I have not yet. But oh, I it, promise you I will. It, it will be something that uh, Paul Boudreaux will, will definitely I will look give at you, and uh, show me. I will... I'll probably play uh, DT on OB and, and probably color your pitcher here. Uh, let's just say a New England Patriot was running parallel to the line of scrimmage, full blast. Ball gets 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 hiked to the uh, to the holder, and then that Patriot basically flies in un- unimpeded, blocked the field goal. Yeah, it was an incredible play, wasn't it, Gregory? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you haven't if, if if you haven't seen it, I will say if DT knows your email e- email address, I'll kindly I will say DM DM you DT, and probably you could email it to O'Shea. Well, I can find it. I can get access to it anytime. I can, I'll get access to it. Yeah. It- it was it was a, a blocked field goal. Uh, New England down seventeen to three, and yeah, just running straight down the line. And he and he had whatever it was. The kickers he had the kickers routine down pat. He knew exactly when to go. The edge blocker had no idea what to do with this guy running full speed, and just he blocked it essentially with like his chest. He was there so fast, coach. Yeah, it was, was great. Kind of, I was kind of surprised that this block this uh, field goal block routine is not in the CFL or even in lower football like you, like you sports football or even uh, high school football and stuff. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Gregory, thanks for your call. Appreciate you. Uh, Coach, you'll like it when you see it, I believe. I'm sure I will. I, I can picture it. Um, we, we have tried uh, that with uh, some success against a punt. I'm pretty sure we blocked a punt with that same sort of setup. Why it's never been done on a field goal is interesting. Uh, and I'm sure it will be um, done more often now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As, as I think whoever was on the call said, every special teams coach now is going to start practicing this in the NFL. It was it was a heck of a play. Uh, Rick is with us. Rick, we got about three minutes left in the show. Thank you for sticking with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, disappointing loss again, but it's also kind of coincidental that uh, Jackson Zepco seems to be you know, off the games, uh, some of these games and uh, having some of these losses. Uh, Coach, with you being on the rules committee and that, uh, I have a couple of questions on that. Uh, Notice this year that the command center has actually interjected a couple of t- a few times uh, in different games, saying, "Oh, you, you know, look at this, or you missed that." Is there any chance that possibly command center could actually 
with their viewpoint, actually catch some of the calls that the officials on the field uh, miss because obviously they're human. They can't see 100% of everything. But, uh, uh, you know, you know, there's some obvious play, uh, obvious calls that are sometimes uh, missed. And, uh, you know, maybe the command center could actually have a little bit more input to the head ref and say, hey, you know, uh, this maybe should be looked at. Or is that something that uh, makes any sense to you guys? Yeah, we, we've done that. Um, as you noted, the command center has gotten involved a little more uh, often, a little more frequently this year uh, on plays that weren't challenged. And their, their mandate is to, you know, fix some obvious ones without it needing to be challenged. If you see, a, you know, there was a ball caught by Duke Williams in a playoff game last year against us or two years ago, one of the two. I think it was last year. 21. Really hit the ground. Yeah, 21 was it? 21 West Final, yeah. It was absolutely yeah, not a catch. Hit the ground. And for it to, you know, that those are the ones that they want the command center to just step in and say, it's not a catch. <laughs> you know, for some reason, mechanically, the official's positioning, something happened, you know, uh, some sort of distraction, whatever it was, it got missed. And it's clearly everybody in the TV audience understands, everybody in the stadium understands that it was not a catch. Just fix yeah, it, right? Yeah, They've been given some more power on certain plays too, in terms of misconducts and uh, those type of penalties, where the officials on the field can't absolutely keep track of all of it, right? So they they're the eye in the sky and they fix a lot of that stuff. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, even that, even at that though, I, I was a little bit, well, actually quite puzzled about the the, the Lawler catch that uh, you know you, you had to throw the challenge on that actually. It, it looks pretty damn obvious that that was a catch. Yeah, you know, right? yeah he caught it and squeezed it above his head uh, before he hit the ground, and then you know his hand hit the ground before you know, uh, you know the ball was between the, both hands. And why they didn't turn that over, uh, you know, that that's certainly a puzzle uh, puzzling to me. Rick, that was a, that was a puzzlement to us in the booth as well. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, we've got to bail out uh, and and hit the break. Appreciate you with us, Rick. Uh, Coach, enjoy your bye week. We'll talk to you uh, next Monday. Hopefully, you get some uh, good relax again. Get some time with my family. Can't wait. There you go. He's the head coach, Mike O'Shea. The coaches show on six eighty CJOB.